0: Welcome to How to Live podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd with the How to Live podcast, Uncut. Today I'm here with uh Stephen James, who is the Executive Director for Sage Hill Counseling, and he and I have written a book called Hope in the Age of Addiction, which we believe is very important, not just for the time we live in, but for the times we have lived in. So we have a series of podcasts we're going to be presenting, so um hope you enjoy them and benefit from them. Thank you.
0: Hey, Chip. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Chip Dodd. (laughs) You were that movie, Good Morning Vietnam? Yes, I do. Uh, now, I that you know, I'm going to watch that. I've not watched that in probably 20 years. But you years. know a lot of people. Don't know that movie. Because it's old. <laughs> they, and they, you just
1: dated yourself. I dated myself. <laughs> I'm usually the one that gets dated, right? <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I'm getting dated more and more. How uh, old are you now? I'm 47. Turned 47, 47 this summer. Yeah. Okay. Which feels a lot like 50. When you it? say 47, it's like, that's close to 50. That's closer to 50 than almost anything.
1: You know what? That, that, <laughs> that, uh, that is 50. Yeah, you are is. 50. <laughs> 50ish. I'm 70. Yeah. 62, but it's like, ah, uh, 62 is still
0: 60. I don't know,
1: man. It's a crossover.
0: Uh, oh. Uh, so, we, you know, we're doing this series of podcasts on our new book, Hope in the Age of Addiction. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. And we've talked about the pandemic and the numbers behind the pandemic that yeah. we're, we, we've talked about. This invisible dragon and how denial and dissociation uh, feed the dragon that's out to destroy us all, right?
1: Allows the dragon to work and seduces us away from how we're made. Yeah, The dragon always lures us towards a treasure, right?
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. And then consumes us. And burns us up. Yeah. We have a chapter in the book. Uh, that's on the emotional and relational cost of addiction. Yeah. So, we, and we talk about the the numbers of pandemic and kind of the societal cost. Yeah, right? but there's an emotional and relational cost yes. to addiction. Yes, yeah.
1: And you know, as we step into this uh, section of the book, I, I want us to reiterate: uh, addiction isn't a badness; it's an illness that is a result of what happens when we're not raised. To deal with ourselves relationally, and we're not skilled. We don't have the skills skilled, to deal with life, or it's it's been ignored. We 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 are not helped to keep the skills of vulnerability and resilience in the midst of that, mm-hmm. because ultimately addiction, bottom line, after the illness passes, because it's a sickness, Stephen. We've nobody like you said in the earlier podcast. Nobody plans to take a drink, and ten years later. Be in prison. That's not a goal. That's not a mission. You know, I can't wait life, to You know, drive my car over a cliff and you know lose my house and mm-hmm. and 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 wind up in jail for you know something. Mm-hmm. Nobody. It's, it's it's addiction isn't insane. Addiction is actually a, a logical attempt, though impaired, to do something good for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're trying to find the experience of living fully without having to pay the price. Of betraying the family, giving up to, uh, to the traditions, becoming vulnerable. So which leads us into the emotional.
0: And that's the biggest cost, cost of addiction is, is the emotional, yes. and relational and spiritual. Let's cost. just
1: take, let's just take so we can do the math easily. T- let's just say 20 million alcoholics. And I again say that number's small. And we know from research that three to four people are detrimentally impacted by one alcoholic. Right. Okay. And that impact is...
0: Long-term, significant psychological, emotional impairment. Yes,
1: meaning that that they have to be in denial and and some form of dissociation to be in relationship with the alcoholic. Right. To harm
0: themselves in order to stay in relationship. Yes, but they have to remain convinced that this isn't what it is. And sometimes in adults, like it harms me to stay in relationship with the addict, but it also harms me to get out of relationship with the addict. Like I'm harmed either way. Yes, yes. Yeah. So,
1: so, so survival is the focus instead of thriving. Right. Okay. So you survive addiction and, and survive it by suppression of who you're made to be. So 20 million alcoholics, three people, not four. So those numbers are, are smaller than yeah. recorded, right? Research. So, so we could make it bigger, but we're going to make it small. We're going to make it really small. So, 20 million alcoholics times three people detrimentally impacted, which means that they have to go into denial and dissociation, which means the dragon's already after them. The dragon's going to get them. It will get them unless something changes.
0: They're not changes. operating on all their cylinders at that point.
1: They, they, they yeah. do not have emotional availability and to speak it, to attach to it, to become have their own identities. They have to belong and matter through the sacrifice of their identities called codependency rather than the flourishing of their identities called thriving as a human, Right. So three times 20 is 60 million. That's 80 now. 60 million plus 20 million is 80 million people. Just alcohol. Right. Just alcohol alone.
0: Not drugs, not sex. Not not illegal drugs, not
1: gambling, not that other number. Disorders. Okay, so take the 15 million illegal drug addicts. So these are numbers. Just illegal. Just
0: illegal. Not, just illegal
1: yeah. not, not, so just those, not, not the church folks who are, who are hooked on Darviset and Percocet yeah. and so on. So, so, so you've got 30 million, uh, no, 45 million people, friends, family, coworkers and children, emotionally and relationally wounded, scarred and suppressed. Imprisoned by denial and dissociation. Steve, this is
0: 125 million, just those two categories.
1: You added it up. Yeah. So that's what is it? Uh, So that's 80 million plus 45 million plus 60 million. So 80 plus 60, that's 140 million people who are involved actively in addiction because denial means that you've got to find a way self-soothe, self-cure without emotional experience so, of a so true let's, attachment.
0: Let's talk about then specifically.
1: The pandemic.
0: Well, no. I want no I'm just about, saying, yeah, I just thought the, the word, yeah.
1: pa- it's like very pandemic. So
0: instead of being ourselves, we all, in, in living our lives with people we love, we end up playing roles in our lives in order to fit yeah. in in relationship with the addict. And there's some classic yeah. roles, right? Yeah. So you got the addict, yeah, right? And then- Right now self, right yeah. yeah, right, and an addict is in a compulsive habitual state of seeking relief all the time, yeah, right, but then right next to the addict, you you almost always have one or two of these other people called an enabler, yeah, right. what's an enabler? Tell yeah. tell us what the enabler yeah. does
1: and you know the the addict isn't always
0: using, but they're preoccupied with, with using, yeah. escaping yeah, They're either with preoccupied with that. escaping, escaping or coming out of yeah. escaping right? yeah
1: and 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 this the addict makes promises. They're they're, they're promising that it's this, that's going to be. So so life is always in the future. Yeah. And that's what the enabler and the other roles are functioning on. If I do this, then that will happen. So it's all that. Plus, if I don't do this, I'll be exposed. And then I'll feel ashamed and I'll get rejected and I won't belong and matter. So it's a tightrope. Yeah. So the enabler is the person who teaches everybody else in the family how to cooperate. Or in the
0: office. Or in the office. Or, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it means to reinforce or encourage addiction. Hmm. Enabling. Keep it going. Yes, in the name of helping. Yeah. So what could be going on with this person?
0: It ain't love.
1: Well, it, 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 it it's twisted love, it's yeah. Twisted. Just yeah. like the addiction is a way to feel better, the enabler is a way to not be afraid because when they don't love, quote, unquote like they're supposed to, shoulds, then they feel terrible.
0: And then then so the enabler is teaching people and they establish rules. Yes. Right? And so there's got to be
1: and in in the addictive family, there really isn't enough love to go around. Okay. So so the children are kind of scrapping for it. They're, yeah, they're a little they're all, they're all after <laughs> the same bone and the beat on the bone. Yeah. No matter how wealthy or how uh, appearing to be poor, yeah. impoverished. So it's this isn't about money. This is about emotional and, and, and relational neediness, right? Yeah. How we're created. So there's a hero. It's going to be somebody who's going to be the wave the flag and make the family proud and reduce the, the shame. The golden child. The golden the child. These are
0: all versions of the Mama's hero. Mama's
1: helper, daddy's helper, yeah. the one who gets rewarded for not feeling.
0: Right. But inside. And they achieve instead of feel. Yes. So they're the they hero. They perform uh, yeah. instead of being they present. great. And they're. Do good.
1: Yeah. And they're teaching the other kids what they can't be. And what they should be because I mean, there's not enough love to go around. So there's got only going to be really one hero yeah. until that kid is gone or killed off. There's going to be the next role because they're all fighting for this out of the same love pot. So usually there's the hero and then there's the scapegoat. And, uh, and the scapegoat is the, in the ancient times, was the the goat that they, they placed their hand, the priest placed their hands on the goat And then they were covered with blood. Yeah, and they s- opened the gates of the village and said, get out and yeah. wander in the desert until you die. So the scapegoat- Which wouldn't take
0: long because the lion would smell and hear Oh, yeah, blood. So,
1: so the scapegoat is the kid that gets rejected because he won't cooperate. And that kid's usually the, the truth teller. The rebel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he finds, or uh, she finds- uh, 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 camaraderie with peers because there's not enough love in the family. The hero's already sucked up whatever yeah. prestige or to get, uh, belonging there is or mattering. And usually that hero is bonded with the enabler parent. Yes. They're a force. Yeah. Then after the scapegoat, there's we're, we're talking about less and less going. Mm-hmm. So there's a mascot. Which is... The fresh, funny kid.
0: Funny kid makes
1: the jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the scapegoat takes tension away from the problem. The mascot reduces tension in the present of what's happening, yeah. right? So you blame the scapegoat, you laugh at the mascot, and the mascot really feels fragile within, insecure.
0: A ton of shame. Yeah. If if I'm
1: not funny, if I'm not silly, but also if I grow up, I can't grow up. So they they don't believe they're really capable. Yeah. You know, they're sort of they they're considered like a the pampered child or buffered not affected by what was going on. So yeah. the family celebrates
0: around their fake joy. And then there's the lost child.
1: Uh, it's the saddest figure of all, yeah. I think, even more than the scapegoat. They, they,
0: they live in the shadows. Even out in the open, they're not seen. Yes. The, the yeah. one
1: you don't have to worry about because they're just not there. That child usually feels most insecure, and it usually, Stephen, is most dissociated in an evident way. You know, mm-hmm. They they literally do the escape. The scapegoat has the power of truth telling. They will fight. The hero has the power of sort of being successful, knowing how to get approval. Mm-hmm. The mascot knows how to interact like so they all you're getting relational feedback. I and mean,
0: we all have diff- I mean m- most of us don't live in systems or grow up in families where we're just one of those. We usually have the flavor of yeah, a couple yeah, of those. Yeah, mix or, and match.
1: Yeah. yeah, the healthier family the more exper- experimental the child is allowed to be around all these different roles, mixing and matching yeah. and stuff like that, in terms of emotional and uh, relational expression. And then, but the lost child is not bonded relationally. Yeah. So they they look out Even at the world. Even to themselves. I know. Yeah. And they look out at the world and they see just um, a horrifying place, not where the smell of cinnamon means it's good bread. The smell of cinnamon means a better run. Mm. Uh, it's a threat. Yeah. So that it's very sad. Now, these, these five, Roles, the enabler is pretty consistent, but the other four, like you said, mix and match some yep. ways, and also there are many others. There's you lots know, of
0: other names. Placator, yeah.
1: the pleaser, yeah. uh, the 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 beauty queen, the the king. I mean, you know, always king baby, king yeah, king <laughs> baby. That's
0: the <laughs> addict. That's the
1: addict. <laughs> King, baby, queen, baby.
0: Yeah. So, so the all, but all of those roles work in service to keep the addict sick. That's, that's the thing that blows my mind every time, right? Yes. Like is that, is that we're so made for relationship. Yes. And we so love people we're in relationship with that we're made to love. Yes. That we end up playing, we lose ourselves to play these roles to keep the family or the, or the workplace or like the culture, all working together. Status right? quo. We we want the status quo. We want, because the status quo is, is, is it. safe. It feels yes. safe.
1: Everything else is feelings. Yeah. So the ship is sinking. A great example, the Titanic. Yeah. The ship is sinking and all the family members are moving the deck chairs around. Yeah. And repainting things while it's going down. <laughs> because to feel is to reject, abandon uh, the the relationships in the family. Yeah. It breaks the family apart, we think, and in in all of my addictions work over the years, I I, I will talk to the the I mean you know you know doctors I mean pe- the most educated people that we're talking about Stanford Harvard yeah, Princeton smart Duke, right like big smart people I mean smart people like their are smart people are big I mean <laughs> they're
0: big <laughs> they've but accomplished I mean, a lot but,
1: but they're they're giants in yeah. in our worlds right and the, the, what they're running from and in spite of all their success what they're terrified of are the eight feelings. Mm-hmm. Eight feelings, Stephen. Eight feelings feel to them like death. And this is what I've said to them over the years. Two things are guaranteed to happen if you have a feeling. Two things. And they're like, "Okay, what is it?" because I know I've never known what this is. And I say, "Number one, you're going to feel it." Okay? <laughs> and 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 that is actually horrifying like yeah. to feel it to My heart to beat with it, but see, anxiety takes the place of real feelings, and depression takes the place of real feelings, and stoic apathy takes place.
0: Toxic shame, toxic shame.
1: Yeah, and and I say, number one, you're going to feel it, and number two, you're going to have memories. You're going to remember. In other words, you're you're not
0: going to die from feeling. No one's ever died from feelings. No.
1: Yeah. No, but you will join your life, Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what addiction demands. We run from addiction. Is the solution to avoiding. Well, because living our lives.
0: Most in my experience, working with some of those high achieving people, whether it be a, a doctor or a business owner or a professional athlete, like, like they're actually more prone for for addiction yeah. than the ordin, ordinary person. Yeah. Right. Because they've they have had to achieve tried to try to achieve and accomplish so much in order to feel self-love or self-worth, right? That it doesn't work, that they have to turn to some other thing. So they can keep, keep going. Keep, mm-hmm. they can keep going, mm-hmm. right? Cause the idea of stopping is it's terrifying. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And the idea that, uh, uh, in my experience that people like me, uh, can get recovery, uh, frankly earlier and faster than those people are talking yeah, about.
0: That's ordinary folks. So, yeah.
1: it, you know, because, um, uh, the feelings are closer and the achievement, uh, isn't uh, something to cling to. Because it's just not enough of it. So, so the you know? way
0: out of those roles, then, just like when we talk about denial and dissociation, we start with the question of where am I? The way out of the roles of that we play that keep us sick. The role I play that that I found in my family of origin and I've continued to play in my grown-up life keeps me sick, and it keeps the people who love me the most away from me, right? Yeah, and it keeps me away from them, right? Yeah. So the the way out of that is be, is begin to say what I see. Right. Like this is what I see. And when I see, like you said a second ago, I'm going to feel.
1: I'm going to feel. Because see means to receive. Look means to observe. So you look at something, you're not in it. You see something, it's gotten to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So once I see, I feel. And being able to, like some of the psychological research I've read, the minute I can label my feelings, it actually decreases my anxiety. It's power. It's
1: Yeah. It's empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I know where I, grew I am. grew up
0: in a system where I couldn't feel and I couldn't have words for them except upset or too much yeah. or what, you know. Yeah. Then I could say, I'm lonely, I'm angry. All of a sudden, my anxiety goes down. Yes. Right. And, and your vulnerability goes and up. And your vulnerability goes
1: up. And Stephen, what's amazing about that is, isn't that amazing? When God said, Aika, it wasn't uh, expose yourself it was become empowered again,
0: yeah. where available
1: are to join. So when, like you said, and the research has shown that if I can name where I am, I'm no longer lost. Right. <laughs> okay. So where I'm feeling yeah. is where I am. So at that point, decision-making capacity starts. Yeah, I have needs. Yes. Your frontal lobe has an active purpose to deal with what you're feeling. That's called joining. And then, and you join with yourself.
0: Then it, instead of this negative perception that everything's going to be bad if I have feelings and needs. Right. Yeah. Then I, I, I get this, and you know, we write in the book, I, I imagine myself in a positive future, right? Like yeah. this actually freedom, like this might turn out. Okay. Like it could, it could turn yeah. out. Okay. Which people yeah. hate hearing.
1: Yes. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause, uh, uh, risk
1: means anxiety. Yeah. And really means fear.
0: Which feels like I did when I was younger. Yes. And fear is there to help us. And the limbic brain doesn't know age. It just knows. No, knows experience. the history. Just knows right. that. Yeah. But so then, asking for help. And so th- then we have to go to the care of others. Yes. Right.
1: And if I receive help, if I ask for help and I receive help, that's very scary. Yeah. Okay. Because one, it makes me dependent. It also starts a thing called faith in how I'm created.
0: Well, and if I grew up in a system of addiction... I didn't have anybody to go to for help. And if I went to, like you said, there's only a, a certain amount of love going on. Right. And if there's just a little bit out there, it couldn't, it wasn't enough to share. Mm-hmm. And if I asked for my peace, that means the people mm-hmm. I love weren't getting their peace. Yes. Right. And so the idea of being a person in recovery, says, I need, like, I feel I need, but to get what I need, I need help. Will you be with me in it? Yes. It's super scary because our core belief is we got to do it alone. Yeah. I've I've got to
1: be independent, powerful, and be realistic. Now, let's repeat something. It's very important. When we say there's not enough love to go around, it doesn't mean that family members don't love each other. They love each other tenaciously and with great extraordinary loyalty, even dying for each other. But... The love, there's no bandwidth of emotional capacity of expression and tolerance for difference, tolerance for one's own identity. The love is like a big enmeshment, collusion. And we have a, well, a a great love affair going on in our culture with uh, addiction. Addiction.
0: Yeah, we we say this commercials. Yeah, we'll end with this. Being controlled by addiction keeps us from seeing what is happening around us. It keeps us from the lives we were made to have. We can't be who we're made to be. In the name of love, we end up sacrificing our freedom and well-being on the altar of addiction. Amen. Thanks, Chip. Yeah. Thank you. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening.